if you've been around the game of basketball, you'll recognize the name Bill Walton. Bill Walton played for one of the winningest coaches in college basketball. Anybody around this table know the name? Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. Susan. John Wooden. John Wooden, UCLA. The Wizard of w- uh, Westwood. That's- <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was not. Bill Walton shares a story about one of the first things Coach did. And so here's Bill Walton and all these other guys. They're ready. Man, this is like a legendary coach. And John Wooden says, men, this is how you put your shoes and socks on. (laughs) The returning players knew what was about to happen. John Wooden was so in the details. John Wooden was so about creating culture right down to how you tie your shoes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we need to go back to the basics in marriage and see what God says about it and really why it's so important. And so... We're gonna. We're not gonna talk about how to put your shoes and socks on, uh, but we're gonna talk about marriage, and so can't wait to dive in. What started as a question, God, you created marriage. Can you make it work? Soon became a statement, God, you created marriage. You can make it work. Thank you for joining us on the Christian Family Life Podcast, where we get into the good, the bad, and the ugly in our marriage relationships, and mind God's word to see what it has to say about it. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Family Life. Guys, this is number 90. Wow. So we're getting close to that Ooh. 100 mark. We're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate. What are we going to do? Should we just eat cake and eat it in the microphone? Absolutely. <laughs> Let's give our listeners an ASMR experience. Oh, there we go. But we do want to welcome you to the 90th episode of Christian Family Life as we uh, as we dive into, as the opening there, the basics of marriage, going back to the basics. Mm-hmm. What's what's that song? We need to get back to the basics of life. Yes. Who sang oh, that? Oh, it was an oldie by For Him. For Him. For Him. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going way back. Yeah. Wasn't there a show? You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both in there. Oh, that's the facts, that's of, facts, life. facts of, not of life. The basics of life. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a fave. The that basics of life. <laughs> Hey, but uh, real quick, I want to throw this out. Uh, Roland and Tammy here with you and Susie. Uh, Hello. They're back. <laughs> yes, Yay. Great to have you back. I feel much older today. <laughs> you did have a birthday. Yeah. That was the big one. The big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So an interesting thing happened to Tammy and me as we were doing premarital counseling with a couple. The couple legitimately is asking. Now, there's two cultures coming together, and so they were wondering about some of the different aspects of a wedding based on the culture that they represented. But it was a really innocent question, and it really caused Tammy and I to take a step back and go, well, that's valid. Mm -hmm. So here you have this young couple, and they're just saying, we just kind of want to understand not only cultural elements that each of us bring because of our backgrounds, but what happens at a wedding? Mm Mm-hmm. We got in the car, so we had a great conversation with them. We love that they were just so open because uh, how often mm-hmm. are there really basic things like a wedding, people getting married, and everybody just assumes that they know what happens at a wedding. Mm-hmm. But how do, how do we know what happens at a wedding these days? Maybe a reel that we watched, mm-hmm. maybe a love at first sight show. 
uh, that we got drawn into. Not not that I watch any of that, but I, I know that they're I know that they're out there. Hypothetically speaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so I, th- I think a good conversation is to go back to the basics from from that standpoint. Because if you think about a wedding these days, it's so expensive. Mm. Like, what's the average cost of a wedding these days? Like thirty five, forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And then, uh, so a lot of children don't go to weddings, mm-hmm. right? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and then so it's so anyway. There's so many ways that people go about doing it. Mm-hmm. And so it was a great conversation to be able to dive in and say, well, first of all, uh, here's why marriage is important. Mm-hmm. And here's all the elements that take place at a wedding that point really to Christ. And it points to the relationship that you have with him. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, how many years have we been officiating weddings or taking people through premarital mm-hmm. and the the shifts, right? Because when, when we all got married, it was they were all in the church, almost all mm-hmm. were in oh, a yeah. church. And um, and then now I can't remember the last time I've done a officiated wedding in a church. In a church. And so you've got you've got all these different elements that somehow go to the forefront of what that day is. And people often forget: Am I preparing for a wedding, a marriage, or am I just preparing for mm-hmm. for the day? Mm-hmm. Which is why we take people through premarital to help them with at least a little bit of an element of understanding some of the basics right. of what you're getting ready to walk into. Mm-hmm. And get some context as much as they can, um, get ready for for that day and for the days after. So, getting into the nitty gritty of this thing, let's roll our sleeves up. And one of the conversations that we have with couples in premarital that really points to why the wedding is important is you're entering into a covenant relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not a contract, and there's a difference. And that covenant before God that you're making to one another and before the people that are there says something. I think it's interesting that people that are resistant to marriage say, what's the big deal about a piece of paper? Mm. And so you almost want to flip it around and go, yeah, exactly. What's the big deal? So, so why wouldn't you go get it? Which means, oh, you actually realize it is a big deal because it's not the paper. It's the covenant. Mm-hmm that you're making contracts can be broken mm-hmm. a covenant is forever mm-hmm. and so that was a really good conversation to be able to offer that perspective and and when something significant or meaningful happens in our life we we want to celebrate it we want to acknowledge it we want other people around to see that there's you you've arrived at a place where you want other people to see this is where we're going and so when you get married, you enter into this covenant relationship and you understand and you're communicating to all of those people there, hey, we are committing to each other for a lifetime. And I think a lot of people enter into a relationship and maybe are hesitant to get married or even they go into marriage and they just see it as a contract, which is very performance driven That's right. as opposed to being faith based. Because you have to meet all the terms of the contract, mm-hmm. Right. But I think what's weird is um, a lot of times you'll enter into that relationship or into that marriage with that, maybe not even knowing, but that contract idea in mind, but yet you haven't really even set out the terms of the contract and you don't even know when you break them or if your spouse has broken them, you know, it's, there's so much confusion. And I know when we do premarital, a lot of times when we get to that last one where you're going to, you know, 
perform the ceremony, it's like, okay, we're just, we just looking about 15, 20 minutes here. And, and really the focus is on the party afterwards. It's like, Mm -hmm. that's where we're going to invest. That's where we're going to, and I just like how you just kind of hit the brakes and say, now let's take a step back and, and talk about the importance of the ceremony. It's not just, it's not just a bunch of customs thrown together for no reasons. There's so many pieces that are significant. And I will say for the most part, after you go through the couple with that, there's usually like an enlightenment and a, and a kind of a new appreciation for what's going to take place in the ceremony that they may not have had before that. Yeah. It's, it's almost like what we, what we talk about with two becoming one, right? With our resource is kind of preparing them for what they're going to walk into. To what to your point, Suze, sometimes we don't, you know, it's the next natural step. We're supposed to get married now. We're supposed to, this is what we're supposed to. We've been dating for three years or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. But then to be able to take that pause and understand what are some of the, the key elements to what I'm about to do here? Because I, th- I don't think a whole lot of people really think of that. And then they, they, they have the wedding and, you know, I know today the big things also is to do video of the wedding and then they got the drones coming over top of you now. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. There, there is so much more to officiating mm-hmm. a wedding today. When they start sticking mic things in your pockets and you're like, yeah. Yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I start getting a little nervous because it's like, I cannot mess up because this is going to be on video. <laughs> How about this? How about this? This is the new trend. Hey. When you have the bride and groom kiss. Get out of the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that That's for sure. Yep. I can't believe it. <laughs> I liked having, you know. Your face right while your face right in the memorialized. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I mean, I, and that's why the, the resource that we have, that the four questions to ask, you know, as you lead into that. Um, looking at the different elements of what you're about to enter and understanding God's purpose for your marriage. Going back to that, mm. understanding that there is a purpose about what you're going to enter because if you've got purpose, you can mm-hmm. hang on in there, right? But mm-hmm. if there's no purpose and there's nothing to really draw from, it's almost like you're just entering into a a friendship that right. that is supposed to thrive. It's supposed to reflect the image of God. There's purpose you don't enter it with that purpose you're the easy target from the enemy to knock that thing down as fast as possible and so it's just Mm -hmm. reinforcing the things that are important as you lead up to your marriage and then beyond the marriage Mm. hey i gotta tell you i'm at the edge of my seat Uh, i'm gonna go somewhere with this and and i hope you guys are ready okay if you're out there and you're on a jog that you may want to sit down right now oh boy for this information uh if you're doing dishes if you're sweeping just stop what you're doing all right because here we go we talk about marriage from the standpoint of it picturing our relationship with christ we talk about marriage and how relationships ripple out from that but what what maybe we don't emphasize as much is the fact that the picture of marriage is also something that the Bible uses for us to create anticipation for Christ's return. Mm -hmm. And how exciting is that? Mm -hmm. Christ is coming back for his bride. Matthew 25 says this, at the time the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamp and went out to meet the bridegroom. 
Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. And so we don't know the day or the hour of Christ's return, uh, but marriage is one of those pictures when we think about the wedding day. Tammy and I recently, we shared it in our last podcast that we had our third daughter recently get married almost, I guess we're coming up on a month now. And Mm -hmm. G and Sue's, Mm -hmm. you're how many days away from your son, Daniel, getting married to Rachel? We... 30 days, 29? No, it's in the 20s. 20, it's in the 20s. 28. Yeah, it's coming yeah. out. And you, and it, you love to see the excitement. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, they're, yeah. you know, then they're posting on social media. All right. Like we can't wait. And there's all these <laughs> steps they're taking. They went and got the certificate. Yeah. The, the license. <laughs> so excited. That's awesome. I was, I was thrown back to when we got ours. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It was exciting. It's awesome to watch your kids go into enter a marriage covenant mm-hmm. with, with the one the Lord brought to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's there's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. And then we pray for those that are still, <laughs> still waiting, waiting for the one. <laughs> but, for the one. But it's it is beautiful. And it's such a testimony, like just to see like when Marissa got married and when she met Ryan and that's our oldest. And and all of us, and Mandy and I were just talking about this uh, recently, just how we, you just kind of watch, you know, once they, they started dating and they, he was coming around, he was at the house a lot, and just kind of watching all of that. I think the courtship, you you look back and it was such a beautiful time, you know, and and then just, you know, now she's going to, like we mentioned in the last podcast, or she's coming up on four years. That was four years ago when they got married, but I don't. Like there's just something about that too that our kids can look at too. Like our unmarried kids, our younger kids that are just mm-hmm. looking and they they see a young married couple now, parents and 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 kids and mm-hmm. and it's just what a what a picture. The family is such a beautiful picture, and and the and and being believers, we live. We live that differently than than the world does, and the picture of the family. And we were just talking to somebody today, actually, and she was saying that her and her husband had gone to a retreat with their family, and it was like a week long, and it was just it was just to to show how a healthy family lives, mm-hmm. because the model has been. Oh my goodness. I mean, it's, there's so many people that don't have a model of what a healthy family looks like because of whatever, whether it be divorced or, 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 you know, 
single remarried and and it was never healthy and this was like you know kind of training them like this is what a healthy family this is mm-hmm. this is the head of the house he is the one that you know and just what the roles and and kind of go and it's and it's just interesting how many how many couples are out there dating and you know like this couple that didn't really understand how what 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 does a wedding look like and then i mean here we just stopped at we didn't even go on. We just talked about what the wedding is, and it's a covenant, and it's and you're entering into a covenant, and and the wedding ceremony is a picture of that, and how, you know, how many? I mean, how many couples just don't know, don't, really don't know, and then how to live that out? We can't assume, which we is why even assume. how we open, which is why John Wooden took the time. Hey, you've been putting your shoes and socks on. Uh, 18 years of your life, but it could be that you were doing it wrong. And frankly, we're all going to do it this way. And so I feel like marriage and family can have Mm -hmm. that approach. We can just assume the basics. Sometimes Uh, we can have a couple that's getting ready to get married and them not really know the, the why behind a lot of what happens. And even as you make that covenant and then even the, what, what, Mm -hmm. what does it look like as the two of you interact to be pointing to Christ and everything you do? I think what an amazing blessing that it's been for our children. I know that's kind of the topic right now since we've had, Mm -hmm. you guys just had one and we're having one getting married. But what an advantage I believe that they begin their marriage with being exposed to this material and these thought processes and these truths from scripture that are resourced to becoming one as well as the why get married for questions that are asked. Like we didn't know, we didn't discuss those things Mm-mm. before we got married. <laughs> no. We didn't know that our marriage had a purpose. I mean, we knew it was a really big deal, mm-hmm. but we didn't know that it had a specific purpose laid out expressly in God's word and that mm-hmm. there's a, there are ways to achieve that purpose and consider this before taking the big step. I just feel like there's a really a lot that you can do to invest in your marriage before you get married. And then mm-hmm. when you get married as well. But sure. I just think when you, when you, be intentional about preparing for marriage. Yeah. Um, you you set yourself up for potential success. It's not a guarantee. Mm-mm. Nothing's a guarantee. But if there are things that I can do that would help put me on the right path toward success, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna choose that if lane. We, if we had to pick one thing that we know now that we like, wish we would have known, that we wish we would just one oh little nugget. I would I would I would say it would be that. My spouse is not my enemy. You know, Mm. I know that there's all these great principles, but like that is that, you know, he's, he's not my enemy and, and he's not just, not just not my enemy. He's, he's my perfect provision. Like Mm. God gave him to me as a gift. That's good. I think that's a good basic thing Mm -hmm. that sometimes we assume and it's not articulated. Oh my goodness. What if we have more than one? And also, I, I was just sitting here thinking, you have an easy one? <laughs> I do. Go ahead. I just had no, I, I just was not prepared for the difficulty mm-hmm. and how much I was going to have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I knew what you were getting into. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought he loves Jesus. I love Jesus. That's we good. love marriage. It's just going to be great. Like living with your best friend. That's right. And it was like day one. And when then our, the pillows start flying. No, no, no. That was, that was like day six. Day one, we're in our... <laughs> our honeymoon and we're at a theme park and like theme parks are for fun you walk around you just get in line and you eat hey, and you i share, have hey you didn't share that you were going to share this before the podcast <laughs> you should always 
I'd rather buy Geo. Geo sitting on a park bench with the entire map. Nothing was digital back then, so everything was the big map. And we had to map out show times and what rides we were going to ride based on what times the shows were so that we maximized our experience of the day. And I was like, what have I gotten myself into? I just didn't know that it was going to be that hard and that I was going to have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit that much, which which okay. I'm thankful for now. All right, well, let's talk about the other no, side No, 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 I don't like the way you started that. <laughs> I distinctly remember the video, though. There was a video on that com- on the conversation that you guys were having. I don't know where that, did you guys have that? Because we I remember watching it. a video and yeah. and you were talking. And yeah. I think Gio, you would spend over, you would. Oh look, my gosh, yeah, and, we do. And you were like, what are we doing? Or what are we gonna, <laughs> like he had this whole plan mapped out. And, yeah. He had a fanny pack before fanny packs were cool. <laughs> no, they Rolling were cool. Of- <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were <laughs> They were cool then. And he would show up with the fanny pack. I said, go put that fanny pack back <laughs> no, in your... <laughs> no, I think Roland went and got his own. <laughs> he said, oh take your gosh. fanny pack. <laughs> the only difference is we put it around our waist where they put it on their shoulders today. Yeah, they're cool now. Crossbody. So um, what you got, What you got, G? <laughs> for, for me, um, I, I'm going to piggyback on Tammy's because... Um, I think that we believed a lot of lies about each other that mm-hmm. the evil one threw at us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the like she doesn't understand me. She doesn't get me. Mm-hmm. Or why, why is she even thinking this way? And my big thing was based on our trip to our honey, on our honeymoon, I'm a point A to point B kind of guy. Like I, I don't really spend a whole lot of time, which is not great, but I don't spend a whole lot of time on the journey to get there mm-hmm. where Susie's the journey person like hey look at this over here let's let's go mm-hmm. check this out and oh let's smell the roses over here and I'm like no we gotta get to here and that caused issues for us not not so much in our honeymoon but it did cause issues in other areas of our lives mm-hmm. where I was like efficiency is the best way and so there's only one way to do it then and Susie's no there's and more that than just one. happened to be your way right <laughs> And so, but I started, you know, you start to believe the lies, like um, she's not on board or she doesn't really want to get this done or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And so going back to the enemy piece, I think that for me is if I would have learned early on to be able to identify the difference between the truth and the lie yeah. that was being thrown at us, that would have solved a lot of, a lot of our issues. Mm-hmm. So. It's why we do what we're doing. Because we wished, you know, it really is. We really want to um, to just really share. Just we didn't start off <laughs> with this, and we didn't, even though we were believers. And for us, I, I think the thing that kind of always that visual of you know drawing closer to the Lord and the triangle, and and as we draw closer to the Lord, so we always knew when we had conflict. It's like we we knew that it was it had a lot to do with our walk with God at the time. But but honestly, just really understanding, you know, our purpose. It wasn't just our purpose, you know, for mm-hmm. our personal lives. You know, like for us, we we knew we were going to be in ministry, you know, and I and we were both on board with that. You know, there wasn't a struggle there. 
you know, I, we knew that. Um, so what, that's what we would have thought was our purpose. And I think that mm. that made us kind of like, okay, the marriage is going to just have to wait because <laughs> ministry is mm. on the forefront and there's souls to be saved and there's all these things to do. And, and yes, <laughs> but it really did take a backseat. Wow. The marriage did really take a backseat. And I think that that, that part of, of the material, that part of the To Becoming One um, curriculum is it, it was you know, just, hey, this is, we're, we can reflect in our marriage and, and with, in our love for one another. And then another mm-hmm. one is, you know, the respect piece. <clears throat> when Roland felt, you know, if there was ever moments where we had conflict, the, the lack of respect that I had, like there, when, when he felt disrespected, it's the same as me feeling unloved, you know, and that they go, they kind of go mm. hand in hand. It's like if you don't, if you didn't feel respected, it was really the same as me feeling unloved. Yeah, <clears throat> and that that really speaks to what I was going to share, which is to tangibly value. So if I could go back, and and do things differently, it would be to tangibly value, because I think what happens in marriage is you've had all these great times together, and so you formalize that entering into this covenant relationship and then you just assume, Hey, we love each other. We're married. We're not going anywhere. And you fail to tangibly value the other person. And so you, you don't intentionally minimize, you don't intentionally want them to feel unloved or disrespected, but you just don't honor and value because all of a sudden the reality start to creep in. And so you just assume it's kind of like that story of the couple that when they were dating, uh, they were in the two-door pickup truck <laughs> and she would sit right next to the guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but little by little over time, you know, she, she moved, <laughs> you know, over to the passenger side and they weren't side by side anymore. And uh, I may be mixing up two stories, but you know, she wondered, does he still love me? And he says, Hey, I said, I love you when we got married. And you know, if it ever changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. And so we don't, we don't tangibly value the other person where I believe that over time we've learned how the other one receives love. And, and so then we look to ways to, as Romans 12 says, outdo one another in showing honor, whether we deserve it or not, you know, and that leads to the other piece of, of, of creating moments. And so it's like tangibly value and create moments where we celebrate the kind of love that we have for each other because man, unconditional love is one thing, but to be unconditionally accepted right along with that. No, I feel like there's a lot more that needs to be said there because Mm -hmm. man, I'm overwhelmed by the fact I Tammy loves me and then accepts and pursues me even in those moments where maybe some listeners out there that can't relate, but I think if we're honest, uh, we can all have, you know, a difficult side Mm -hmm. um, where we're not all that lovable. No. No? (laughs) Thank you, Tim. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Tammy, something that you said, like, as you guys are talking, the word freedom keeps popping up in my head over here, where we are so tied to performance in this culture that we're in that it seeps into our relationships with our spouse. And... And then it turns into 
things that we have to do. And you talked about ministry, Mm -hmm. but I think it's in all areas. I think that parenting is one of those. I think that are jobs that people have and that, that all of a sudden those things become important because the performance is going to drive your raise. It's going to drive, it's going to drive all these things. And so you are stuck in this performance and you bring that home. And I think that one of the things that I've learned over the 2B1 material is the freedom that comes from moving from that performance to relying on the faith piece. That's right. To where, um, because I, I am driven, like that's, performance does drive me in, in a lot of things that I do, um, which is probably why I'm an A to B kind of guy, like get there and get it done um, because all these other you know, part of the journey keeps me away from getting what I need to get accomplished, accomplished. <laughs> but the freedom that comes in knowing that I'm, I'm not to be driven by that performance, I'm to be driven by faith and trusting God in the process rather than me manufacturing that and bringing that into a relationship. I don't know, the word freedom just keeps mm-hmm. coming up that you feel free to That's love. Good. You mm-hmm. feel free to <clears throat> accept freedom because you're looking at it from a different lens than the world is showing us. You're looking at it from a biblical lens where God is saying, I loved you, mm-hmm. I accepted you, and you didn't do anything That's for it. That's right. You know, it's not by works, lest any man should boast. <laughs> and then now letting that that flow through your relationship with your spouse. Um, like you said, Roland, there's a lot of things that we could probably highlight that if we had 29 years ago. <laughs> it's, 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 it's good moments. And sometimes with the back to the basics, it's, uh, you know, how old were you when? You were probably today years old. Yeah. And, and so when something's revealed to you that you thought, oh my goodness, this was right in front of my face the yeah. entire time. And I never knew uh, that you could do that with uh, the little sauce packet or the little top <laughs> of the can and how the straw goes in. I mean, you know, all these things that we might. And so maybe you were today years old and you, you heard a basic thing to apply in your marriage. We, we, we hope that uh, you're, enjoying, uh, you're enjoying your spouse. Uh, and, and, and if you're not, that you're looking to the Lord for the capacity to love and that you're doing that together. Uh, as we uh, wrap up uh, this Back to Basics uh, podcast, on some things that we believe would strengthen your marriage, uh, we remind you, you know, if you study prophecy, uh, prophecy points to the fact that Christ's return is close, uh, but this is not a podcast on prophecy. Uh, but here's what look in the marriage does is it creates anticipation that Christ is coming back. And so we'd encourage you to be ready. Number one, by entering into a personal relationship with the God that created you and he makes a way through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus. Bible says, if you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved, saved to spend eternity with God in heaven, uh, who is preparing a place for you. Uh, find comfort in that today. Uh, and then believer, be ready and love unconditionally and accept unconditionally and model the Trinity, the Trinitarian relationship that can be modeled in your marriage. Man, that's great. And we're, it's, we're out of time. It's unbelievable. I felt like it was just a few <laughs> minutes, but we want to thank you for joining us and uh, continue to follow us on um, you know, we're on Anchor, we're on Spotify, uh, Apple, all the different platforms. 
in, uh, share it with somebody, share it with a friend, maybe somebody that can use some encouragement and some uh, direction in their marriage. Uh, like I said, this is episode number 90, and we're mm-hmm. we're just going to keep going mm. because the Lord is just uh, opening doors for and us. Gio, and Gio, welcome. Welcome. You sounded a little more seasoned today <laughs> as, you, as you have entered into... 50 Club. The 50 Club. Yes. We need to change our text group name. I know. Yes. We have a text group. You guys were hanging on to that Fab 40. Mm. 40s and Fab, yeah. yeah. So we need a new adjective. 50 right. and old. The one thing I will say about that 50 is... I hope it comes with uh, with privileges, the 50 Club, rather than aches and pains. <laughs> I think I think we need to change it to 50s and wearing Costco clothes. <laughs> I'm still on Susie throwing out these grammatical terms, <laughs> adjective. We need a new we need a new diphthong. <laughs> we need a new declension. <laughs> All right. Oh well, we went two minutes too long. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, and we will catch you at the next one. In the aorist tense. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Christian Family Life Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. To learn more about the ministry, visit our website, christianfamilylife.com. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter and find all of our social media links where we offer resources to help strengthen your marriage. Until next time, remember, God created marriage. He can make it work.